Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. It's so good to be with you. And you know, um, every day that uh, the Station of the Cross is there and LifeSite News is there and we are here and you are there, I give God thanks because we have so much and we're not so grateful for it until we know what we have. And we usually don't know what we have until it's taken from us. And what we have now may be taken from us. Beloved, things are getting so bad. We don't know what the future holds, but as many have said, we know who holds the future. So we are confident and we're at peace, but we, we, we need to be forever, ever grateful. And, you know, since we've been going through this Baltimore Catechism, I think every day, what is the end of man? That is, why is he born? The purpose, what is the purpose for which he was created? And he was created to know, to love, and to serve God in this world and be happy with him in the next. Now, we have gone through... Um, the section, uh, lesson one on the end of man. We've gone through a lesson two on God and his perfections. And we're going to begin today on the unity and trinity of God. Um, But I'd love to urge you to consider every day and help your children every day to consider since the purpose of our being on earth is to know and to love and to serve God in this world and be happy with him in the next, it would be a good examination of conscience every night to think of how we have known, loved, and served him through the day. Did we come to know him more? Did we experience his grace, his forgiveness, his chastisement, his justice, his kindness, his mercy, uh, all of that? his omniscience, that he knows everything, Uh, his omnipresence, that he's everywhere present, even where we didn't expect him to be, right? Um, His uh, omnipotence, that he's all-powerful, all his attributes. Did we come to know him more? Maybe through something we read in Scripture, maybe through an experience we had during the day that we look at as good or bad. Everything teaches us about God because nothing touches us Nothing touches us, nothing touches us, beloved, that God does not allow, nothing. And we may not understand why he has allowed certain things, but what we can know is that everything God allows is that we might know him and love him and serve him in this world and be happy with him in the next. So that's what we, if we're suffering, we could say, okay, Lord, you have allowed this that I might know you more, and to know you more is to love you more, and to love you more is to serve you more in this world. And if that's the pattern of my life, then please God, by your mercy and your forgiveness and your grace, I will be happy with you in the next. Every day, ask your children that. How have, in one little way, have you come to know God more? 
and to love him more and to serve him more. Um, I'm preparing a young girl for her first baptism and communion. And I asked her those questions. Um, how, 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 how do you think you've come to know, love, and God more during this week, the past week that we weren't together, we meet once a week? And she said, um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, um, it's been a good week. Has God been good to you? She said, well, yes. I said, did you come to know his goodness a little more? She said, yes. So I said, you've come to know God a little more. Now, how have you uh, come to love him more and to serve him more? And she said she couldn't think of anything. And she's nine. She couldn't think of anything. And um, so I said, tell me some of the things you've done this week. And she said that she helped her mom with the dishes. Well, to help her mom is to love God because we love God through serving others. You see, helped her mom with the dishes and the mom didn't even have to ask her. She, she served God more. She loved, came to love him more. And I said, okay, now number three, how did you serve God more? And she started thinking of that one all over again. And I said, it's the same act. You came to love him more through loving your mom, and you came to serve him more through serving your mom. You see, our, our parents are God's representatives to us on earth. And to get to know God, we obey our parents in this situation, and we come to know God better through the things that he allows and the things that he commands, and to love him and to serve him. Every single day, no matter how far you are into the catechism, if that's the purpose for which we live on earth, it would be a good exercise. Every day, well, Mom, you asked me that yesterday. That's why God put you on earth another day, to know him, to love him, to serve him. You see, every single day. So think of that through the day. Think that when you, uh, someone's been kind to you, you've learned the kindness of God. And then if they've been mean to you, you know that God isn't mean. And so if you are kind to those who are mean to you, you are uh, living in the kindness of God. See, we could, we could love, we could, um, we could think of this every day, all through the day. It's very important by the end of the day to be able to identify how and if we have come to know, love, and God and serve God more. It's a wonderful exercise to have with your children, even in a little group, even if you sit down to pray the rosary and you want to know what you're thankful for and what God has done. It's a wonderful exercise to go through as a family. And you two parents or single people or grandparents, it, it's a wonderful thing to examine our lives that way. In what way today have I come to know and love and serve God more in this life? And you may be stumped for something. Well, I don't know if I've come to love him more or, or, or know him more. I don't know. And you might think, but something should have happened today where you do come to know God more. And you think, well, you know, I can't think of anything. Everything that happened today, I knew of God. Um, well, have you been reading the scriptures? God, the scriptures are God's love letter to us. And if you start reading the scriptures, which is his love letter to us, his personal letter to us through the writers, through the prophets and apostles, 
you'll come to know him more. But I already read that book. You can read it a hundred times, and God, through his Holy Spirit, will show you something new every single time. Every single time you'll learn something new about God, or you'll learn the same thing on a deeper level. Just as we're children, we say, well, we know our mom or our papa knows, loves us. But then as we get older, um, we, as teenagers, we study more what they do. And they know, we know how, how kind, how good they've been to us. But then we come, become parents and we live sacrificial lives for our children. And then we recall all the things our parents did for us and know them more than we've ever known them before and can appreciate them more than we've ever appreciated them before, even if we were rebelling from them when we were younger. See, we come to know them. They may do the same act, but the level of the sacrifice and the love, the knowledge of the love and sacrifice of that act increases as we mature and have deeper understanding. And so we should never be at a loss for that. We should never be at a loss. I tell you, when I fail, uh, and I fail a lot, I come to know the beauty and the kindness of God more because it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And I I know that, um, as God said to St. Teresa of Avila, I am God and you are not. <laughs> and so um, we come to know him more. We come to know him more. Um, and then to know him is to love him, and to know him to, and to love him is to serve him. You can't ignore somebody that you have come to know and to love. So we're going to start Lesson 3 on the unity and trinity of God. And the word, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm about to explain that to you, but I better just leave it to the questions here. We're on question 180 so far. And it says, what does unity and what does trinity mean? Now, again, when you answer or your children answer, uh, especially if you're teaching your children, have them repeat the question and the answer, not just give the answer. So unity means being one, and trinity means threefold or three in one. It doesn't mean being three. It means threefold or three in one because Trinity is a combination of the words unity and try. The prefix means three. Try, uh, triangle is a, uh, an instrument with three angles. Try is the prefix that means three. If you put try in front of unity, you have tri unity. And unity is one. So you have three, one. And then you put it together as a word instead of triunity, just uh, take out the U and it's trinity. And it means three in one. How can there be three in one? Oy, 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 God did it. And we have all our lifetimes to figure that out. So um, there's the music for our first break, beloved. And we'll continue when we come back. Um, from our first break and you're welcome to call in i'm going to begin to take your phone calls earlier and so call in toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com 
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and I mentioned I'm going to begin. We have quite a number of emails that we haven't gotten to, um, and I'd like to get to those, and you're still welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open, and the toll-free number, one eight seven seven. excuse me, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously, and she says, "Hello, mother. I heard you say to a caller, choose God over your spouse, lay down your life for Him, and your marriage will be happy." I don't understand that. Well, before I read the rest of your email, it's not. To choose God, I don't think I said the words over your spouse. I said you need to put God first. If you put God first in your life, then your spouse can be first. It's not that God is first and your spouse is second and children third. It's that God is the spoke, in a sense, of the wheel. And if if you're, the center is God, everything else will be in in. Uh, right order. So if God is the center of your life, then your husband will be number one. 
and your children second and so forth. So um, it's not to choose God over your spouse ever because God would have you put your spouse over everything. So if you're walking with God, that's what you're going to do because your vocation as a wife is to get your husband to heaven um, before your children. That's your number one vocation. And then together you bring your children to heaven. So uh, this one continues. For the past week, my husband and I are sleeping in different bedrooms. He brutally yells at me and the kids over trivial things. I stood up for my son after one of his outbursts, and my very arrogant, prideful husband has been angry ever since. Well, if you stood up for your son in front of your husband, that's a very poor thing to do. If you want to stand up for your son, do it out of the reach of your of your son. Let your husband do what he's doing, short of abuse, and then speak to him separately about your son. And you can speak to your son separately, but don't ever correct uh, your husband or come against him in front of your children. Because you teach them uh, the disunity of a home, uh, the poverty of marriage, um, the, uh, to disrespect their father, and the, the, you destroy authority in the house. So don't ever correct your husband or your wife, your spouse, in front of your children. All right. And then she goes on to say, we have three kids, two in their early 20s. Our youngest son is 13. What do I say or do? My husband is extremely narcissistic. I've told him that it is a sin. We are all baptized. Um, being narcissistic, is, I wouldn't say is a sin. To be self, to love self and be self-focused, it's certainly not a virtue. It's certainly an immaturity, and it's, it's a, psychological, a psychological issue to be matured and worked out. But I, I would not say it's a sin. Um, and she said, we are all baptized. He is a begrudging Sunday Catholic only. He says, keep your church stuff to yourself. I told him I would never divorce due to my Catholic faith, but his nastiness and narcissism is overwhelming. Um, he is fine when things are going his way. I asked him to go to confession. He said he would not. We were married in the church. He received an annulment to marry me. He knew I wanted a practicing Catholic spouse. I feel he fooled me and lied to me and God. I feel guilty I married him. Is this Satan? I don't know what you're asking. Is what Satan? Are you asking that if it's Satan that caused you to marry him? I I would say no. She says, I texted you two years ago. You gave me a beautiful answer on how to change things, but I can't find it. Help. I love you so. Okay. Um, This may not be the case, and I realize you've got to put a lot of things into a short email, but you, you don't sound like a Catholic, beloved. You sound like uh, a Catholic on the outside, but not on the inside. Um, more legalistic. Um, it's not your place to tell your husband to go to confession. It's not your place to rule over him. Um, it's your place to love him and submit to him and to be kind and to help him. 
uh, it sounds like, you know, if you say, I told them I would never divorce due to my Catholic faith, you're living two lives. You're living as an independent Catholic in, in, with your husband uh, legally. Because if you said to him, sweetheart, I know we're going through tough times, but God would not, not have us divorce because of our faith. You see, it's we, it's not I. It's not, it, that sounds narcissistic. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be self-focused. It sounds like you're controlling and you're angry and you're defending yourself against your husband. Now, I believe everything you said about your husband. I believe that. But then he needs help. And uh, he has not been formed in the faith. Whether he's truly Catholic or not, I can't say. If he was baptized and your marriage is right before God and you wanted to marry him, uh, a practicing Catholic spouse, then you assessed he was a practicing Catholic spouse. And so um, uh, I, I think whatever his problems are, he needs help. And I think God has appointed you to help him. And the only way for you to help him, dear one, is to love him. It's the only way. Don't speak it, I this, I that. I think you should go to confession. I'm not going to divorce you. Uh, you're not doing right by our son. Don't do that. You're causing war. It's we. If you were married and the two has be, have become one, say, sweetheart, I wonder if we should think that way or do that. You see, don't fight with him. Don't blame him. Uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 4, I think it is, you could look it up, says the kindness, I mentioned it earlier today, it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. My only advice for you is to live your vocation, not fighting. You're doing an injustice to your husband, to yourself, to your children, to the family, and to the faith, and to God. And so I believe everything you've said, but your, your, your uh, uh, response must be one of love and kindness, um, not control, not criticism, um, not telling your husband what to do. So that's the formula from now on. Um, uh, just... Don't even go and apologize. I've been unkind, all of that, because it's going to sound like a Catholic plot. Don't do it. Just be it. Just start being lovely, loving and considerate and patient and kind with him. And if you disagree with something he says, keep it to yourself until you first take it to God to ask God how you might approach him to help him, not to tear him up, not to put him down, but to help him see. And nothing but love will help him see. And nothing but respect will help him see. He knows you don't respect him. And if you say you do, I can tell you you don't by your email. So that's, that's the plan, sweetheart. You need to love your husband. You need to respect him. You need to be kind. You need to be a loving, gentle wife. Not based on his attitude, but based on your faith that you say you have. Based on Christ in you. Always put Christ in the center 
And if he is, you will always put your husband first. And if you do, he will see that and the children will see that and it will change your lives. Okay. Um, We have an email from Nancy who says, Dear Mother Miriam, blessings to you this day. Thank you, Nancy. What do you know about the coming illumination of conscience? Please recommend to listeners resources or a a good book on the topic. One is The Warning by Christine Watkins. Now, um, I did send out an email, Nancy, uh, a couple of months back uh, just on that subject and recommended the book The Warning by Christine Watkins, and I lost uh, subscribers and uh, supporters and everything uh, because of um, some people's disagreement um, with Christine Watkins, not necessarily the warning, but her presentation. Um, So many people have found the book called The Warning Helpful. Um, I will give out a resource, and um, I'm doing this uh, on Station of the Cross. I I pray they won't object, and LifeSite News as well. Um, But um, what we here have found, now it's not been approved, so I'm giving you something that has not been approved by the church. Um, Some of you know of Father Michel Rodrigue, and his own bishop does not approve of him. He speaks of the warning, of the chastisement, of um, uh, many things. And um, the illumination of conscience um, and all of that, much more. Um, his bishop did support him, but his bishop does not support him. And the bishop uh, in Canada, he's in Canada, who does not support him, has said that he said of himself, the bishop, he does not believe in the warning and all of this. So that's another matter. I, I will reveal, I will expose myself by telling you I do, and, uh, and we think it's time to prepare. And so um, if you want to know how to prepare and what to do and all the the real, uh, I think, sound and sane information on the coming illumination of conscience, otherwise known as the warning, and other things to come uh, that I think are soon upon us, then I'm going to send you to Countdown to the Kingdom. Now, if Station of the Cross and LifeSite News contact me and said, Mother, please don't do that without asking us first, I will tell you that. But um, I, I think it's time for us to know these things. And I think time is very, very short. And so um, uh, we're coming upon September, and I think we're going to see much this fall. Um, and so um, I, I don't want to hold back in saying that to you, especially since you've written in and asked. So I would go to the website, Countdown to the Kingdom. Uh, the messages are in line with Our Lady of Good Success, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Akita, um, uh, other uh, prophets that have been uh, approved by the church. There's everything that's said on Countdown to the Kingdom has been said by them. And so uh, I feel uh, this is information put together by approved apparitions from the church 
and I, I, I think you're safe to do that. So there's the music for our second break, beloved. We'll be right back to take your calls, your emails, um, and your text. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSight in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests you can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m eastern on the station of the cross you can listen on the station of the cross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic radio mobile app god bless you uh, started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass, and then it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I feel like I'm whole again. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our, our lives are rich and full by being members of the church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour to ourselves, and our lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Um, Toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Excuse me, I keep yawning. And we have an email from Catherine, who says, Dear Mother... I am homeschooling my three children, ages seven, five, and five. The five-year-olds are twins. I'd like to take them to adoration on Fridays. However, I'm worried that they will fidget and whisper and act like children. I don't want to be disrespectful to our Lord. What are your thoughts? Should I start out with just 10 or 15 minutes? What do other families do? Thank you for all your good advice, Catherine. Catherine. Do not take them to adoration with you. If you say, I'd like to take them to adoration on Fridays, however, I'm worried that they will fidget and whisper and act like children. 
Catherine, I'm going to say this as, as clearly as I can. They will fidget and whisper and act like children who have not been properly formed at home. We have a church. We go to a, a Latin church, um, traditional mass on Sundays, and there are families with three, four, five, six, ten children there, and they don't fidget and they don't whisper and they do act like children who have been properly formed at home. They sit still. If there's a young one who's not a year old, or she's between one and two, they might fidget some, but they're usually going to be in their parents' lap. Um, But the children, three and up, absolutely not. Uh, They're taught at home. And I can remember when we were children, we went to the synagogue, um... And we we were respectful. We didn't utter a word. We didn't talk to each other. We sat still. We were respectful because we were respecting our parents. And so even if we didn't fully understand what was going on, it didn't matter. We knew that we were in God's house and we were respecting our parents. And that's what your children need to do. I was in church. Of all the parents in church yesterday, of all the families, um... I mean uh, Sunday, this past Sunday, with little children, and again, two, three years old up, and if the child was younger, uh, the child was usually in a little uh, mommy pack or on her lap or a father's lap, Um, they were all perfect. No one disturbed anybody, but there was one family with four boys, and the mother is pregnant with a fifth, and they're all over the place, all over over the place, laughing, giggling out loud, uh, going out into the aisle. Uh, The mother will correct them a hundred times during the Mass, and the correction lasts about a second and a half, and they go back to what they were doing. Uh, Grabbing books, throwing them on the floor, all of that. Your children may not be that bad, but it's terrible. It's very disturbing during Mass. It should not be allowed. And the formation must take place at home. If they cannot sit still and obey you at home, they're not going to be any different in Mass. They may be worse in Mass because of the atmosphere. So that's it. No, if you don't want to be disrespectful to our Lord and your people and others at adoration, do not take your children. Age is not the issue. Properly formed at home is a, a, a child who is seven. You say five-year-old twins and a seven-year-old. A seven-year-old is of the age of reason, is old enough for first communion, and in the traditional form is old enough to be confirmed. And a seven-year-old should certainly not be all over the place or fidgeting or whispering. No, I think you need to. Um, um, if you if you're treating them not like that now. They're going to be very disobedient teenagers. And many mothers say, well, they're teenagers. What can you do? Well, by the time they're teenagers, you can't do very much. But the formation, there's no such thing as a typical teenager. There's only such thing as a teenager who is typical of not being properly formed at home. So Catherine, get some good books. Uh, Take a look at Dr. Ray Gorendi's book. 
um, books, plural. He's a child psychologist. He's or a psychiatrist. He's fantastic. And he will help you to discipline your children in a loving way, in a right way. Dr. Ray Garendi, G-U-A-R-E-N-D-I. Okay. We have a call um, uh, from Denise in Toronto. Hi, Denise. Oh, hi, Mother Mary Ann. Woof. That was loud. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you very, very well. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I called yesterday. Um, Yeah. um, Well, first, um, I just wanted to ask you, you were just speaking about the illumination of conscience regarding uh, email. Yes, yes. And um, my question actually was about that as well. Um, I finished reading that book by Christine Watkins a while back. Okay, all right. And um, I can honestly say I believe it because I, I... I believe I experienced an illumination of conscience um, wow. many a few years ago. It's not not as not as deep as maybe some of these people had, but I, I believe it. You know, what the Lord was showing me just the venial sins I have in between confessions in my experience. And um, that's, anyhow, that's a slight um, illumination of conscience. But yes, let me just let a, me just yeah yeah okay go ahead. Very sweetie. slight one, but I can actually honestly say it was very very <laughs> difficult, and I would okay. say it was painful. Okay, mm-hmm. but um, anyhow, the reason I was calling is because um, I, I also see the urgency in spreading this message, and I'm thinking about um, my siblings. I come from a family where my parents raised us as Catholics. They were devout, most devout Catholics, both even in their, their elderly, and they go to Mass every day and, you know, receive the sacraments, but um, my siblings, uh, except for myself, have drifted from the Church, and um and even more so now after the lockdown, sadly, they're even more farther than the church for some reason. And um, I'm just knowing that if I sent that that video by Christine Watkins, they probably won't watch it. And my thoughts were, I was thinking of maybe having the book shipped to them, <laughs> to their houses, and with a note maybe just, you know, telling them, you know, I, I just want you to know about this in case... You know, so you're aware of what's happening. Are you in good communication and, with them? Uh, not really. Not not about okay. the. Okay. Then what I would do. Go ahead. So I'm so I'm sorry, Denise. No, I was just going to say, like you know, I, I they they know that I'm you know I my faith is very important to me, and I you know my, my sacraments. They all think it's just something about me, like a, a phase or no, not phase, and I wouldn't say a phase, but. It's just something inherent to me, and that they they mm-hmm. kind of know their you know their way around, and they won't listen to me okay. at all about these things. Okay, then what I would do is not have a book shipped to them with a note. I would have the books shipped to you, and you write a very personal, loving, kind letter saying, forgive me, Uh, I know that you might see this book as an imposition, and I know I'm imposing on you with it uh, concerning what I believe, Um, but I'm I'm thinking this may be, that this would, might be, might be very important for you to read regardless of what you believe. So I would send them a kind, patient, personal, loving note and um, with the book yourself. Personally, okay. do it personally because that'll show them that uh, that they're more important to you than than dealing with them from a distant publisher or oh. supplier. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. I just don't know if they will accept it from me. That's the problem. Well, they don't they have don't to. Always... They, it's mail. 
It's mail. Yeah. They're going to open the mail and they'll read your note and they'll do what they'll do with it. That's you oh, know. Oh, I you can, mail it from myself. Okay, okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah mail it to them with a note. Okay. Yeah, mail it to them with a note, with a very kind, wonderful note. Put it in the mail and pray to the Holy Spirit that He would um, uh, urge them to read it. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll try that then. When's your Thank birthday? You. My birthday. Uh-huh. November 1st. Okay, well, that's coming up. And the other thought I had is that you could tell them that you have a, uh, well, no, I think November's going to be a little too late for what's, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we need to know things sooner than November. Now, I'm probably scaring some of our listeners, but um, uh, we think we need to have three months food supply by October, actually. And I would suggest to everybody that if you've never made a general confession that you do that, and at the very least, if you have any unconfessed sins, that you do that very soon. Um, And again, I know I'm going to be shocking some, that you do have three months food and water supply uh, by October. That just gives you a little over a month. I don't want to scare you, but um, I know I'm probably doing that. Uh, you will be fine if you did what I just said. You'll be fine. So um, if you if you um, go to Countdown of the Kingdom and you can find Father Michelle Rodriguez and others, Mark Mallet, um, then you'll understand more. And so... Um, so, Denise, I'm saying, no, don't. I was going to give you an idea for your birthday that, you know, for your their birthday gift to you, they would read this book. That would be their birthday gift to you. But I wouldn't fool around with that. I would just send them with a very kind, loving letter. And I guess just one more question about priests. Do you have a suggestion about how to get priests to understand what this is? Because I don't think my pastor has any idea. Like, should I hand him the book as well and ask him to read it? Or Well... You could, you could, you could give it to him, and say, you know, Father, I've read this, and others are reading it, and it's not, uh, you know, it's written by an individual Catholic woman, um, but we believe there's much truth in that, and I, I just want you to have it. That don't ask him to read it; just give it to him. Okay. Okay. We'll with do. what it means okay. to you. Okay. Okay. All right, okay. Denise. God bless Thank you, you so sweetheart. Much. Thank you, sweetie. Bye bye. Um, now I've just said a lot. I know that's probably uh, uh, I probably either frightened some people just now, or turned some people completely off who think what I'm saying is been proven wrong or hogwash or anything else. But you know, if you see a truck coming and someone's crossing the street and they don't see it. Maybe you're having an illusion. Maybe you're not. Maybe you have a bad headache, and you think the truck on the street is moving, and it's not. Maybe you're wrong. But how could you not tell the person crossing the street what you see, that their life's in danger? How could you not? So take what I'm saying as that. I believe this. I know many people are going to be shocked. I I think um, more people will probably express themselves in ways that are maybe unpleasant or unprofitable or whatever it may be, but that's the situation. I I think the truck is coming, 
And if I keep it to myself for fear of what people think or believe or consequences to me or to us, then there's no love in me. And so I tell you, and if it doesn't happen, the worst that can happen is that you have three months food supply. You're not going to buy fresh vegetables for three months. You're going to buy things that don't spoil. So um, uh, that's it. Very simple. Buy a 25-pound bag of rice and 25-pound bag of beans, and you can eat rice and beans for three months. (laughs) We're doing that here. So um, in any case, uh, if you have questions, I'm not the one to answer all those questions. All I can tell you is what I've heard and if you go to Countdown uh, for the Kingdom or Countdown on the Kingdom, something like that, um, you'll get all the information that I have. Okay, so God bless you, beloved. There's the break. Uh, we'll be coming into the last segment of our program. You're welcome to call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. This is Wayne Hepler, founder of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. If you are looking for a way to grow closer to our Lord, I invite you to visit our Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. The rustic setting provides a quiet atmosphere for prayer and for learning about the public communal prayer of the Catholic Church known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The seven canonical hours are prayed throughout the day, beginning with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 p.m. You are welcome to join in the prayer at any time or to book the house for a retreat. We are located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. For more information or to book a visit, email info at liturgyofthehours.org or call the retreat house at 814-676-1910. You can also learn more by visiting liturgyofthehours.org.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved to Mother Miriam Live. It's our last segment, and um, you have, uh, we have over 10 minutes together. So again, last time I'll give out the number. Uh, if you wish to call with anything at all on your heart, doesn't have to be what we've been speaking about, and the toll-free number, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Margaret. Margaret says, I love to listen to your show on our Catholic Spirit Radio. Hello, everybody out there on Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. And she says, your voice is so calming. I'm so glad. Doesn't sound like that to me, but I'm glad it is to you. She says, my husband and I do not have our cemetery plots yet. My husband's family have been cremated. I am a cradle Catholic and my husband converted to the Catholic faith in 2015. I know he wants to he wants to be cremated. I don't know what to do. I do not want to do the wrong thing. I'm afraid if I'm cremated, I won't go to heaven. I appreciate any advice you can give to me. Thank you, Margaret. Margaret, the church um, does not prefer cremation in respect for the body, but it is it. It has approved cremation. It's not against it at all, and it'll have nothing to do with your eternity whatsoever. God is going to raise our bodies, whether they're, they uh, disintegrate into if to dust from dust you came to dust you shall return. If you're buried in the ground, you're gonna you're gonna become dust again, and so um, God will resurrect our bodies from the dust or from the ashes. So either way has does neither way affects uh, your eternity. Absolutely not. Again, the church does not prefer cremation, but it certainly allows it, and you won't be in sin. Um, but make sure <clears throat> that the ashes are, are buried in a little urn or casket, that they are buried in the ground like a regular funeral. They should not be kept um, in an urn or in other uh, um, receptacles in the house. So they should not be scattered. You can't cremate somebody and give divide the, the ashes among the family to have with them in jewelry or anything else. So no, they have to be kept together and they must receive a proper burial. Um, Catholic.com, Catholic Answers. If you would go there, Catholic.com, just type in the word cremation and you will get every single answer on cremation from the church and and all the writings from the documents. We have an email from Caitlin who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I gave birth to my firstborn daughter, Lucia Rose, what a beautiful name, on July 11th. Congratulations. Family and friends naturally want me, want to come visit her. 
and my husband and I are torn over whether to ask loved ones to wear a mask while holding her. Oh, dear, that's, that's really a hard one, isn't it? I feel on one hand asking for masks is not placing our trust in God and his providence. On the other, COVID is real, and I would be heartbroken for imprudently placing our newborn daughter in harm's way. My husband and I do not know what to do. I self-loathe when asking people to wear masks, while I am fearful and anxiety-ridden when not asking visitors to do so. Wow, that's a rough place to be in. I'm praying for peace and protection for our family and ask you to join me. I appreciate any thoughts you can provide. God bless you and your wonderful ministry, Caitlin. Caitlin, dear one, people who come to the hospital to visit you after the child is born, they must wear masks. And you simply say to them, and if let your husband take this role. He's the man of the family. You don't have to stress out. You can decide together. But just let your husband say, uh, mom, pop, family, whatever, whoever, however you address them. Um, we can't stand uh, asking you this, but with COVID and a newborn and all of that, uh, would you wear masks? And if you don't have them, we'll we'll have a bunch at home ready for you when you come in the door. So uh, would you do that? Because it's a crazy time right now, and um, we want to protect everybody. So um, if anybody in your family is offended over that, they shouldn't come to visit. It's ridiculous. Uh, they should all say, of course, don't worry about that at all. And again, say to them, if you if you don't have a mask, we'll have a bunch here. We can give them to you. And, and then just order a box of masks. They come, you can order them anywhere. Uh, they come in 12s and 24s and 100s. So you can order them. They're not expensive and have them on hand for anybody that comes to visit you. We've had people come here to the Priory. Uh, maybe a repairman or so, and we say, do you have a mask? And they do, and they put it on, and we say, if you don't, we have some. Don't worry about it. Nobody is offended in this day and age. Your family should not be uh, offended at that. This is not a relationship uh, issue. It's it's a health issue. It's a very proper caution. Uh, we have an email from Ruth who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. <clears throat> and let me just say to you... Um, It's not lack of trust in God, Caitlin. It's very understandable for a mother with a newborn uh, and a father with a newborn to to request that, whether it's your first child or not. So um, um, if people don't understand, they shouldn't be visiting. Okay. From Ruth, uh, Ruth says, Hello, Mother Miriam. First, I would like to thank and praise God for having found you on YouTube. I'm a Filipina-born and raised Catholic who was educated in a Catholic school slash university. Me and my three children moved to the Middle East to be with my husband last April 2019. He is Filipino too and works as an engineer here. I missed going to Mass long before the pandemic happened. Having become a stay-at-home mom here, and, and she says in parentheses, I left my medical practice in the Philippines so we could be together as a family with no regrets. And then she continues, and with a very good internet connection, which we don't have back home, I discovered for the first time, to my utter amazement and delight, the many Catholic channels on YouTube, your program included. 
I learned more in one year about my faith than I did in all my 48 years. In fairness to my theology teacher in college, I do remember some topics about church history, but I did not really pay much attention to them back then. Now I wish I had. Mother, I can tell you I felt like a sponge wishing to absorb more of the waters of truth. I have also learned over time to discern which programs to watch as I found some speakers cause confusion and others are uncharitable. I am really amazed by your conversion story, which I watched several times. You are a blessing to the church and for Catholics like me who have been poorly catechized, I have many questions, but there is one which I have grappled with for years now. She says, you see, my mother's side of the family belongs to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm amazed at that. In the Philippines, my goodness, my mother's side of the family belongs to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. My mom passed away last 2006. Since we were children, my aunt always tried to convert me and my siblings to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Thank God our Catholic father enrolled us in a Catholic school since first grade. And an aunt who was a devout Catholic helped raise us. My Adventist relatives would often open the pages of the Bible to us, show us the page where God gave the Ten Commandments. Oh, my, 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 my. Um, Dear Ruth, we're almost at the end of your email, but it's not the end yet, and there is the music for the end of the program. So, beloved, I promise you that I will begin with your email tomorrow. First one that we will take is your email, Ruth, and we'll go through it. Okay, my apologies. God bless all of you, and um, go take a look at Countdown to the Kingdom. Countdown to the Kingdom, I think it is. God bless you.